Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 97.1 FM Talk. On Demand Audio. Well, like I indicated, and now I was second guessing the, the time frame of when I fell asleep on Friday night, but I, I, I think I was up to about 1140 and I think everything was okay, wrapped up That makes up more then. sense yeah. to me. But I, I'm not going to lie. I was drifting in and out of sleep, just sort of waiting for the end. Why it was so important to me, I have no idea, but it was history. That's what I told Man, my wife. She's like, go. I'm going to bed. I'm like, history. Damn it. And I'm a talk show host. Well, and this is important. Yeah. All these and I'm going to watch it. And maybe I'll watch Andor because I'm trying to wrap that up right now on <laughs> Disney Plus. But I just fell asleep. But Michael Goodwin in the New York Post wrote about it this way. He goes, what should have been a feel-good routine process to kick off a new Congress turned into a bloody slog with Kevin McCarthy needing 15 roll call votes over four days to eke out a narrow majority. Michael's with us this afternoon to talk about all this. How are you, Mr. Goodwin? Happy New Year. Uh, thank you, Mark. Uh, and for the record, I stayed awake. <laughs> I I was like Show one on. eye, one eye awake, one eye why, kind of right? awake. Why? It did get interesting. Yeah, I know. I wonder why too. But look, I, I, what I did last week, and we may disagree on this just a little bit. I was trying to kind of dial down on some of the hyperbole. I know it looked ridiculous at times, but all these words, embarrassing, and I said, look, embarrassing. And you've written about this as our vice president. Every time she opens her mouth, uh, it was not smooth, Michael. I'm not going to make that. Uh, that case. But I also think it's democracy in action. And in the end, was there long term damage to McCarthy and the Republicans? Maybe there was. Your thoughts on that? Well, I think that's the key test. And it's obviously too soon to know. I do think, first of all, that it, it was embarrassing. It, it, it The objective wasn't always clear. Now, uh, that may be just the media's fault. But even so much of it became personal and there were attacks. And, and I thought you, you know, you sort of needed to really get deeply into it to understand even what the objective was with the holdouts. I mean, they didn't have a real alternative. So, for example, the votes where they were voting for, you know, Byron Donald, uh, Jim Jordan, uh, Biggs, I think, actually wanted it. And Donald didn't at first, but then did. But Jim Jordan never wanted it, but yet he got all of the votes, I think, on one or two of the early voting. So there was a kind of anybody, you know, a never Kevin attitude that was not really explained as to what the issues were. And and then finally, the fact that this essentially took at least a week and we're still counting because the rules aren't in place yet – um, to me, that's a, that's a wasted week. This should have been done largely before 
Congress came back to Washington. It's been two months since the election. Uh, why couldn't it have been done in those two months? Why couldn't we have at least, I mean, certainly McCarthy didn't act as if he had a problem. He thought he had it in the bag, I assume. So why, why, would, why were we surprised that there were so many holdouts? And why was it such a mystery what the actual issues were? That's my chief complaint about it. Whether it works, whether it was successful, whether it was, in fact, democracy in action that, that leads to significant changes in the budget process, for example, we don't know yet. Yeah, we don't. So we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, and I, I'm with you on that. And it was unique in the sense, and I I felt frustration. Sounds like you did from from this perspective as well. Typically, when things are happening in Washington or even elsewhere, if it's here in the city, where you know Jeff City in Missouri, uh, Albany for New York, I, I call up some either former members of the legislature or even current members or media people inside the Beltway. Hey, what's really going on here? Hey, what's going? I couldn't get anything. Nobody could get anything because no one really knew. It was so sort of ill-defined what those demands yeah. were. And, you, you know, then it became confusing from the standpoint along the lines of what you were just saying, Michael. Why the hell would you just keep going up there calling these votes in order to wear people down when it's not working and maybe the numbers are going in the other direction? So that was very confusing to me as well. Let me let, let me just give you one quick example. So my uh, my newspaper, The New York Post, at one point um, referred to Matt Gates as a member of the Freedom, leader of the Freedom Caucus. Gates's office wrote to me and said he has never been a member of the Freedom Caucus. So, so you got that. It, it, he, the, the office was correct. He had never been. But that was a further confusing, I think. Uh, it's a small group of us, right? Uh, I mean, but even to me, that was kind of surprising that I, I didn't know that, but I didn't write it. Somebody else did. But it was in a caption. But it, it was a sort of thing that I think just further confused. What's it all about? One of the things I think you referred to is this distraction for the White House. This, this worked out, especially in a week where the, the border maybe should have been the focus. This worked out in Joe Biden's favor. There's no doubt about that. Absolutely. I think you, you saw Biden uh, trying to, to pivot or at least take advantage of the disarray among Republicans. He had three significant events last week, right? He, he went— uh, uh, he, he went with Mitch McConnell to Kentucky to tout the bipartisan infrastructure bill, which uh, a lot of Republicans are still very angry about because they think it was another one of these big omnibus uh, deals that you can't penetrate, you can't amend it. But there was Mitch McConnell, uh, you know, celebrating this with uh, Biden in Kentucky. So a real contrast to what's going on in the House. Then you have the uh, going to the or the border announcement on Thursday with the plan to visit on Sunday. Uh, he had he had that announcement. And then you had Biden on Friday with the January 6th ceremony in the White House again. So using all of these things as contrast to show here I am doing the people's business and there are those stupid, crazy Republicans fighting right, with right. each other and they're not doing the people's business. So I think that, again, he the White House was pretty nimble. Usually they're not, but they were pretty nimble this time. So what should the people's this kind of leads us into what should the people's business be here for the next two years? Because obviously with the narrow majority, you're not going 
going to get a lot of serious pieces of legislation across the uh, border. But obviously, you know, you mentioned Jim Jordan. Jim Jordan didn't want that speakership because he wanted to be chair of judiciary. He wants to start some investigations. Um, is that something I, I think there's a lot of questions to be answered about where some of this money went from COVID relief? Etc. The Hunter Biden situation, you know, but do Republicans get into trouble there with the American people if all they want to do is investigate, 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 not legislate? Well, look, I, I think there is there's a middle step between the American people and Congress, and then that's, of course, the media. And that's the problem for Republicans, I believe, is that they're going to get nothing again when when each time last week, the New York Times would write about Congress. It was always the far right, the Trump right, yeah, yes. the Trump, you know. So, in other words, everything gets painted in the most narrow and negative light possible. And so that's what they're up against. And I think it should be a, a good warning to them. Um, Comer was on uh, with uh, Chuck Todd on Sunday, and Chuck Todd said about investigating the Biden family business, it sounds personal. Well, it's personal in the sense that Joe Biden was, yes, profiting from his son's business, but it's not a narrow personal. It's about whether the president of the United States is compromised. But you're not going to get a fair hearing from the from the media, certainly the Washington media. And so that's another thing I think that the Republicans are going to have to walk and chew gum at the same time. They're going to have to do their investigations, which are not narrow, which are significant. But at the same time, they're going to have to do more populist things that do affect legislation that uh, benefits the public at large. And that's where I think the budget process might be helpful, although we probably won't see that until the middle of next year at the earliest because of this omnibus carried through until, what, next, uh, next late, late next summer or the fall, I believe. So, yeah, just probably November, probably pretty much close to a year. So there will not be a real budget process in the early or mid part of 2023. That's what the omnibus did. So Republicans are going to have to find a way to use their power that can that can withstand the criticism from the media that's going to try to paint it in negative ways. They're going to have to break through and find some way to connect with people who aren't necessarily interested in the investigations but want the government to function better. Michael, when I go through, uh, you know, a bunch of things this morning doing show prep, looking at pieces from the weekend analysis like yours from what happened, the one th- this is fascinating to me. I love your opinion. Nobody's writing a column on what was so obvious last week, even a week ago, in the sense that the former president has been rendered more irrelevant than ever, don't you think? Well, look, uh, you and I have discussed him before, Mark, and, and my position has not changed. I think he did some amazing things as president, but I think uh, it's beginning to feel like uh, I've called him a, a, an ice cube. By that, is it's a business idea, but it is that it's still important, still powerful, but it's melting. And I do think that, that his reach is declining. He came out for McCarthy in the beginning and then was silent in the middle and then came out for him again at the end. McCarthy thanked him publicly for saying the president was all in. But I still think there is there is a lot of doubt that Donald Trump can pull in the swing voters in swing states. 
And so he can he can uh, pick a Herschel Walker and people like that. Carry uh, carry uh, Lake in Arizona, Herschel Walker in Georgia. He can pull them through a primary, but he can't necessarily get them elected. And if he can't get them elected, and as we see himself, he lost Georgia, he lost Arizona, he lost Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, five states that he had had won in 2016 that he lost in 2020. And I know that he just if he wants to just say the election was stolen, the election was stolen, that's not going to cut it. That's not going to be persuasive, I don't believe, with those swing voters. I don't think there's any evidence that they're going to buy that and vote for him again on that basis. If he wants to bring those voters back into the Republican column as the nominee, I think he's going to have to sing a very different tune. I think you're right about that. Michael Goodwin, thank you so much. Happy New Year, too. It's always great to have you on the show. We're off and running for 2023. It's almost mid-January. Can you believe that? My pleasure. All right, take care. Thanks uh, to Michael. Always a great guest here on 97.1 FM Talk. Get more at 971talk.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 